and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, a podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend! And it is finally the last time we will be watching Annie. My biggest question with this instalment of the Annieverse, mm -hmm. will this be Return of the Jedi? Right. Will this be Revenge of the Sith or will this be The Rise of Skywalker? I liked The Rise of Skywalker. So did I, controversially. But my point being is, like... I get you. How I get satisfying you. <laughs> a conclusion, like, considering none of the films have been linked. Yeah. It's our threequel. We're doing our threequel. Will it be The Return of the King? Or will it be... Whatever the last Hobbit film was that I never got around to seeing. Battle, Battle of, of the Five, Five Armies. Armies. That movie's amazing. I know, I know. I wanted to see it, but, you know, uh, time got the better of me on that occasion. Yeah. So, Annie 3, diddly D. Because <laughs> nothing rhymes with 3. Not like Electric Boogaloo. Annie 3, diddly D, is what you went with. Yes. All right. Or diddly D, it's Annie 3. Yeah. So, this one, I'm very intrigued. I feel like we're going to throw the rule book out of what it is that goes into an Annie film. Sure. Because unlike the previous two we've watched, this is set in the modern era. Yes, it is set in 2014, which is when this film came out. Yes, same time as the Battle of the Five Armies. Yes. <laughs> interestingly <laughs> on par as being the same level caliber as mo of movie you've got two fantastic actors in jamie fox yeah and cameron diaz and i'm also pretty certain i read somewhere that this was cameron diaz's last film before retiring was it that's i'm super interested to know if that's true i'm pretty certain i read an article with her recently that she said she retired after Annie in 2014. Hmm. So Jamie Foxx is Daddy Warbucks. Yes. And Cameron Diaz is Miss Hannigan. Yeah, except in this version, he's not called Daddy Warbucks anymore. Yeah, because that name's got to change in 2014. Yeah. But he's that character. Yeah. So I'm going to be really interested. Partly as well because... In 2014, safeguarding of young people is a bigger deal mm -hmm. than it would have been in the previous timeline of when Annie was released. Yeah. So I don't think we can have Miss Hannigan treating the orphans in the same way. I certainly don't think she can be running a gin distillery in the background. No. I also think it'll be harder for Grace to adopt Annie. Sure. Like, this might be the one time that Grace can't just walk in and choose... A random orphan. Sure. I hope. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you anything. No, but because of the era. This one has a lot of changes because uh, of the era. Yeah, it, a lot is going to change. Mm -hmm. I know that Tomorrow is sung. I feel like she sings it as she's walking down Manhattan. I've seen a gif of her singing it. Yeah, which is where it should be sung. Like in the stage musical and like what happened in the last Annie yes. Watch, she should sing it. When she has escaped, essentially. Yes. So, I'm interested to see how Rooster is presented. Mm -hmm. 
I guess it'd be naive of me to say, like, you don't get mafia nowadays, because you probably do. But right. I feel like the stereotype of the 1930s gangster doesn't work here. Yeah. So in this version, he's not called Rooster. Okay. His name is Guy. Okay. Is he Guy of Gisborne? I'm just telling you that his name's changed. I'm not going to tell you anything else about him. I'm interested to see how the songs evolve, if at all. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like we've got good songs in Annie. Yeah. And I liked the songs we had. You've told me that the version we saw in the second Annie. Yeah. Some of the songs have been cut to make it fit for TV. Yeah, they had. So I'm intrigued to see if we get some of those songs back. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I, I really liked the songs we had. I feel like Annie 2 is my favourite. Yeah. However, I still would like to say shout out to Annie 1 having a much better version of I Think I'm Gonna Like It Here. Mm-hmm. And obviously the holy trinity of Bernadette Peters, Carol Burnett and Tim Curry. Yeah. If we'd put them in the second film, yeah, I feel like I would love that one even more. Yeah, but you like Kathy Bates. I like, yeah, this is it. I really liked the trio we got in the second one. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel really bad saying that I prefer Alan Cummins, Kathy Bates and Christian Chenoweth to the Holy Trinity. Yeah. But I preferred the writing of Rooster and Miss Hannigan and the pacing of it in the second one better. Mm-hmm. So it, I felt more about those characters than I did. Yeah. Plus, it's quite nice that Miss Hannigan is a villain. I don't know. True. I agree. It, it's an interesting one. Like, I really liked that she cared for Annie at the end and she had this moment of like, no, this is too far. But it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it, like Tim Curry climbing a railway yeah. bridge and all that, like, which is fun. It fits Annie. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued. I'm curious with this one how Annie's represented because we've had a very young Annie mm-hmm. and a kind of more teenage Annie. So is she somewhere in the middle? I think she's supposed to be 10 or 11. Like, maybe so somewhere in the middle then. kind of age. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. in middle school. Cool. Yeah, like... It's the other thing with this one. She goes to school. Yeah. That's, she's a child. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to think that actually there's going to be other social means. Like, is she in an orphanage? Like, is Miss Hannigan's an orphanage? Or is she a foster mum? I'm not telling you. Because it would be really interesting if the dynamic is Miss Hannigan is a foster Mm mum and the other orphans are other orphans within a school she goes to and then she has to go back to Miss Hudson's, Miss Hannigan's. You're getting Hudson Street and Miss Hannigan mixed up. So that would be a really interesting dynamic because I don't think you have, like, orphanages on the street that anyone can access like nowadays like, like in do. the original yeah yeah no that's it's not like that. exactly no. so it's completely different so i don't know if it works the same way mm-hmm. I'm, we yeah. shall see so we have Crevenzene wallace i really hope i pronounced that right you have been watching i put a YouTube lot guide. of effort in to yeah. try and find out how to pronounce her name right because it's important yes. that we pronounce her name properly um as annie I think she's phenomenal. This kid is so talented. Was this her debut or? No. She'd been in a couple of things before. So she'd been in a film called Beasts of the Southern Wild, which was her first movie. Yeah. 
and then choosing 12 years a slave and then a couple of little things she was in a short movie and she was a voiceover character and then she was in annie she is also in trolls cool did she reprise her off her world tour no she's just in trolls and then she's in the tv show blackish cool which i've seen a couple of episodes of quite like it yeah i what i've seen of it i like we don't have sky so yeah if it's on sky or e4 we don't really get a chance to watch it we could watch i guess on all four but yeah you know most of our watching is disney plus or netflix nowadays Mm. with the odd amazon prime thrown in for good measure yeah but she's super cute and a really good actress in my opinion so what i like then is that she's not just annie it's kind of like her career hasn't plateaued annie and stopped she's continued yeah because with the other annies film versions at least it kind of felt like annie was the tip top of the career and yeah they're child actors yeah it's a very sure. different child actor era as well today like mm-hmm. i don't think we're going to be getting any of the annie one child endangerment sequences no probably not they're certainly not going to hang her out of a helicopter on a side note did i show you the musical mash tweet where it was shown that Cinderella costuming for one of the ugly stepsisters was Kathy Bates's Miss Hannigan robe. Yeah, it's uh, Calliope's dressing gown is Miss Hannigan's dressing gown. That was so awesome. That was really funny. We watched both Cinderella and Annie in quite quick succession, and I'm very surprised you didn't pick up on that. I know. Because you, you are know, big on costuming. Wonderful World of Disney reusing their props. Are there any more Wonderful World of Disney films we are going to be watching? Not anytime soon. So when we do watch them, you've got to take a mental note to see if that dressing gown makes its third appearance on the podcast. Yeah. How was this film received? Because I remember its release Mm -hmm. and I do remember a less than favourable reaction to the news of not only a new Annie but also the approach to it. Yeah. It came third in the box office for that release date. Was it Christmas release? Yeah, December 19th. So it was up against Hobbit, like the Battle same... Battle of Five Armies and Night Museum, Secret of the Tomb. Robin Williams' last film. Yeah, so, so they all came ahead of it. It's not even like it has a stronghold on the family film. No. But it did do really well. It made $133 million. Which is the best performing Annie to date then. Yeah. But I guess, I wonder... 5.3 million on its opening day. I wonder how they compare for inflation. I'd be super interested to know. We'll have to look that up while we're watching it. Um, People liked it. Generally, kind of unfavourable reviews in the way of most of the musicals that we cover that are movies. But also... In the way of remakes, remakes of musicals tend not to do very well, with the exception of A Star is Born, which for some reason has done really well. I'm not seen either. Yeah, there's like eight versions of A Star is Born. Our next miniseries? No. <laughs> I know what our next miniseries is going to so be. So do I. But yeah, some people really liked it. People liked the soundtrack, but it basically was like in and out of... 
I feel like the biggest sticking point is the fact that we're not just remaking Annie, we're completely reimagining it. Yeah, it won a Razzie. Oh, that's a shame. But... What for? The movie won a Razzie for Worst Remake. Okay. And the category is called Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff or Sequel. And it won. And Cameron Diaz was nominated for Worst Supporting Actress, but she didn't win. Yeah, I feel like it was destined to fail from the get-go simply because... Yeah. The first film is very favourably remembered. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were saying, it's a lot of people's favourite Annie. Which is weird when you think about, like, the casual racism in it. Yeah. Cook Anthony Wallace was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress. Cool. And in the style of many, many musical movies in the more recent years, they wrote a new song. To try and get the Oscar Best Film. To try and get Best Original Song. Yeah. And they were nominated, but they didn't win. So that was in 2015. God, what songs would have come out in 2015? What films would have been out? It's probably something like... Pixar. Yeah. That won it. I don't know. Because... Disney had a stronghold on that. I don't know how I feel about the whole new original songs thing. Like, obviously... The first Annie has set a precedent for we'll write songs to fit our new narrative. Yeah. And this being a brand new world for Annie, I can appreciate why new songs might have to be added to oh, rework. Spectre. Mm, I didn't like the Spectre song. I didn't like Sam Smith's song. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Spectre. Yeah. I mean, you, is I, that a James Bond movie? It is. All right. I don't know how you top. <laughs> Adele and Skyfall. Well, that and it was also up against Love Me Like You Do. Love, love, love me. Like I haven't listened you do. to Billie Eyelash's. Bond you need song to stop yet, calling her that. Which is amazing considering it was, it was released back in April. Yeah. I like a good Bond theme. So. So. Yeah, they've set a precedent for doing brand new songs for Annie. And mm-hmm. because this one is a brand new universe, they kind of are going to have to do things to maybe bridge the gaps. Some things won't work. I feel like NYC is timeless, but maybe I think I'm going to like it here won't make the cut because I don't expect Daddy Warbucks to have, or whatever his character's name, to maybe have as an extravagant house. I feel like he's going to have a penthouse suite, like in New York. He exactly has a penthouse yeah. suite. So I don't think I'm going to like it here will work. So you might have to have a brand new song to fill that moment amongst other things. Maybe. Tomorrow's in it, I know that for sure. Mm -hmm. I would be very surprised if Hard Knock Life and Maybe were cut. Yeah. I hope Easy Street is still in it. Mm -hmm. I'd be very surprised if that one was cut. NYC, yep, Timeless. So the music this film was rearranged obviously yes. for a modern sound by Sia cool. and Greg Kirsten don't know that yeah me either but Sia I know um, Sia is Chandelier yeah yeah with Maddie from Dance Moms is her like oh, really? dancer yeah cool <laughs> that's why I like Dance Moms Shia buffs in one of the videos is that the one he's in with Dance Moms kid yeah Maddie's in all of them because oh, okay. she is she always plays Sia 
Yeah. That's who she's meant to be. Is like Sia's like internal self. Cool. Yeah. People really criticized the music because it had really heavy auto-tune, but the sound that they're going for, it works, in my opinion. Okay. I like it. I can understand why people don't, but it reminds me, you know, like Cher in Mamma Mia 2? Yeah. Where you're like, this is a sound mm -hmm. that they're going for. This isn't, we've auto-tuned their voices. It's the sound they're trying to go for. I feel like that's going to take away some of the charm. It, I don't think it does because they don't really do it to Annie. Okay. It's more on the adult songs. And it's to create a, a thing. Anyway, it will make that'll make more sense when we watch it. I think they'll keep in the We Go Together song. Together at last, yeah. yeah. They'll keep that one in. That one's pretty timeless, but I can imagine that maybe the vocal arrangements of that might change a little bit. Yeah. So in 2011, Jay-Z and Will Smith decided they would like to produce an updated version of Annie based around Jay-Z's uh, remix version of Hard Knock Life, which it's is called a very good version. The Ghetto Anthem. Yeah. Which is from like 1998. Yeah. So it's taking him a long time to decide to do this, but like hey. Um that's what they were trying to base it around. He wanted because Jay-Z felt that the song Hard Not Life meant a lot to him and that he could really feel that song yeah. with his childhood and his family and he said that it was the sound of the ghetto. Yeah. It was Hard Not Life from Annie, which I find quite funny, but you know, if that is what he connects with, right, yeah, why not? Sure, yeah. There's always going to be something. Jay-Z's always been very good at working outside his genre. Sure. Like, there's a really brilliant collaboration between Jay-Z and Linkin Park. Mm. And the songs just are incredible. And you, I had friends who were fans of Jay-Z that hated Linkin Park when I was at secondary school. And they'd listen to the album and be like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And it shouldn't work like the new metal versus Jay-Z's style. But it's just so amazing. Yeah. And I don't think he gets the credit a lot of the times for being as creative as he is musically. Hmm. So, so they wanted Willow Smith to play Annie. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And she, by the time it was being made in 2013, she aged out. Yeah. She was too old. Wow, when was She's I very with my hair back and forth? A really long time ago. Yeah. I've not thought of that for God knows how long. Yeah. So in 2011, Ryan Murphy was invited to direct. As in Glee, Glee Ryan, Murphy. Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Uh, he declined by March of the same year. They were trying to search for a screenwriter to get it t together because at this point it, the project was kind of falling apart. They, their directors declined doing it and they've still just got Will Smith and Jay-Z and Willow's grown up really quickly. So... They're trying to find yeah, somebody. it's not like a Wiz version, is it, here, where you can just take any person. Yeah, and... you can't have a, a like, 16-year-old God, could you Annie. imagine having a 20-year-old Annie being like, yes, you can adopt this me. This is not encore. So they considered Emma Thompson. She is a very good screenwriter. Yes. I enjoyed Last Christmas. I know you didn't, but... No, but I like Sense of Sensibility. Yeah, she does she very good 
and adapting source material. Yeah. So there were no further developments until 2012 when Will Smith appeared on a morning talk show and he said that the film would be updated and set in modern New York and that Emma Thompson was writing the script and that Jay-Z was also going to write some new songs for the film. Does that continue? Does Jay-Z write the new songs? Does Emma Thompson write it? No. So Emma Thompson wrote the first draft. You've got my hopes up. And it's only going to go <laughs> down sorry. from here, isn't it? Emma Thompson wrote the first version of the script. Yes. And it was revised by Aileen Brush McKenna, who wrote We Bought a Zoo. That was in 2012. That's the second draft. By which point, they're ready to go forward and start filming. In January 2013, they finally got a director, who is Will Gluck, who directed Easy A. Cool. Yeah. Um, he feels like a good fit for this style. Yeah. And he said, we're not having Willow Smith. She's too old. Yes. So they had to find a new Annie. So. And did they find it via a reality TV show? No, they did not. There's a great reality TV show of them trying to find a new Annie for Broadway, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Provence Wallace had just been in Beasts of the Southern Wild, which I haven't seen, but she was an Oscar nominee for it. Wow. she was the lead. Yeah. That's amazing for presumably, like, six to eight years old? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so... Quivenzene Wallace is like 14 in this film, but she's okay. playing younger. Okay, but she's still so like she 10. Was still, she was young, yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. They replaced Willow Smith with her. And then there were the rumours coming out that, like, who's going to play all these other characters? Who are we going to get? It's February 2013 now. They have one character cast, and the film's coming out Christmas 2014. Yeah. So... They were trying to find new people. The rumour for a really long time was that it was going to be Justin Timberlake. And then they decided that they were going to go with Jamie Foxx instead. And they renamed the character Will Stacks. Yeah. Is it S-T-A-X? No, it's S-T-A-C-K-S. I like that. Stacks of cash. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, They offered the role of Miss Hannigan to Sandra Bullock. But she turned it down. I could see that. But I feel like Cameron Diaz is going to be a better fit. I like Cameron Diaz. I can't really see Sandra Bullock doing this. I don't know if Sandra Bullock can sing. Mm. That being said, I don't know if I've ever seen Cameron Diaz sing. But I like... She's in Shrek. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she sings her songs. She does. Yeah, but how many classic Disney characters sing their songs? Shrek's not Disney. I know. But <laughs> my point being... Yeah, I know what you mean. You would have a Disney speaking voice and a Disney singing voice. You can't blame me for thinking Cameron Diaz may not have sang her yeah. songs. But um, yeah, you're right. Like it, She does sing Fiona. Mm-hmm. So they then... Also, cast... very glad Justin Timberlake wasn't cast. I like Justin Timberlake. But I don't think this role would suit him. I don't think so, no. No. I don't... And also the plot kind of depends on both Annie and Daddy Warbucks being black for it to make sense the way that it does. Yeah, I feel like it would be an I feel like it would be an issue if you'd had a white Daddy Warbucks in this. It would be in poor taste, yeah. Yeah. July 2013 they cast Rose Byrne as Grace. 
You like her. She is so much fun. So X-Men First Class, mm-hmm. we watched. And She's I, Moira. Yep. I love her in Get Him to the Greek. Sure. She sings brilliantly I in that. I haven't seen that. I really like her in Bad Neighbours. Mm-hmm. I think she doesn't take herself too seriously as an actor, which I like. Yeah. But she can be serious when she needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they cast uh, Bobby Cannavale to play Rooster. To play Guy. Yeah. I don't know who he is. You would recognise him. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what from, because I we'll just... figure it out He's as just recognisable. The other person we have is David Sayers. He plays a character called Lou, who I like. I don't know if I've met a Lou before. No, you won't have. Okay. He was Angel's dad in Angel. Cool. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, so we now have the main cast. So Guy doesn't have a female counterpart? No. Is Lou his counterpart? Is it the Wet Bandits? No. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So Easy Street doesn't exist? Miss Hannigan and Rooster still exist. I know, but... Easy Street is in it. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, it's usually performed as a three. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. They cast all of the orphans, in inverted commas, orphans. Because we're not quite sure. We don't want to give it away. Because we're not calling them orphans in this movie. And then they she filmed... Little Street Rat Annie. Huh? She Little Street Rat Annie. <laughs> no. And then they started filming and they wanted to update everything. There are a lot of jokes made in this movie for the adults that are taking their kids to see it who grew up with the original Annie. Is it also going to be the sort of thing that ages quickly? Because setting it in the 30s, it can be timeless. Mm -hmm. However, if you set it in 2014 and you take Annie to see the big Broadway hit Spider-Man... Like, are they going to... You've seen the Smurfs with Neil Patrick Harris, yeah? Yeah, where they play... Guitar Hero. Sure. But by the time that film released, Guitar Hero had kind of died. Oh, like with School of Rock? Yeah. Musical. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, are there going to be jokes in this that we're going to look at in 2020 and be like, oh my God, I forgot that existed. Mm. And this is only, like, five years ago. Yeah. Okay, cool. The film was set to come out. December 19th, yeah. 2014. On November 27th, 2014, Annie was one of several films leaked by the, the Guardians Sony of hack. Peace. Yeah, yeah the Sony hackers. And within three days of the initial leak, Annie had been downloaded over two million times. That I mean, that says people want Annie. Yeah, however... Do you think they sang when they downloaded it? We've got Annie! Boo. Um, People didn't feel that it was likely to affect its box office views because the kind of people that are pirating movies are not the target demographic for Annie. I don't think so. This is a family one. Yeah. Like, that's not going to affect it as much. exactly. And it kind of didn't, really. Didn't make that much of a difference. Blimey. You're telling me all this stuff, and I'm thinking, I remember this. It can't have been that long ago. Because mm-hmm. we also had the rumoured, like, Men in Black slash 
Jump Street crossover being planned. Yeah. And obviously that's not going anywhere, but that's 2014. Like, this might be one of the most recent things we've watched on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, it's not the most recent because we had Pride and Prejudice, the musical, but... Yeah. Which, if you haven't, listened to our episode and check that out on Amazon Prime because I love it. Mm-hmm. But this is very recent and it's fun to talk about things and be like, huh, I remember this time. 2014, it was a simpler time. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to watch it. We're going to watch Annie. Yay. We are going to... Is there anything particular that you really hated in the other two that you would like to see changed? <sighs> I think I've been... I've been appeased with the changes made in Annie 2. Mm-hmm. We've got rid of the racism. Yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. So Charles Strauss, the composer of the original musical score, he did an interview to talk about what he did and didn't like about this movie. Yes. And one of the things that he said he really, really liked was that Annie wasn't white or ginger <laughs> Because he's been lobbying for a really long time for with the Broadway cast that he, since the 1970s, he's been saying she doesn't have to be white. It doesn't matter. She doesn't have to be ginger. You don't have to put a wig on these kids. Like, it doesn't matter. He was really pleased that they updated it as well. Yeah, and I think this is the perfect kind of thing is a a great example of taking a role and saying Mm -hmm. anyone can play it. Yeah. Because you have now set a precedent. It doesn't matter. I can go and see any ethnicity play Annie. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. Yeah, I really think that because we might get statements on racism, like we might have elements where we allude to Stax or Annie. Mm -hmm. Probably not. But that's the kind of racism I'd be here for if it empowers people. Yeah. As opposed to awful, outdated, for the 70s outdated as well, mm-hmm. stereotypes. So that's that was gone. Yeah. We did get more development of our antagonists, which I was here for. Yeah. But what the second one lost, that the first one had brilliantly, was the relationship between Annie and Daddy Warbucks. And even Daddy Warbox and Grace. And again, brilliantly performed in the second one, but just not enough depth. Yeah. I missed seeing, like, Oliver Warbox slowly transform into Daddy Warbox because he was getting things right. Mm -hmm. Like, I keep saying it, but the bit where he goes to, like, put her to bed and he just has it in him to to put the dress on, right? He's going to Grace, am I doing this okay? Yeah. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the second one, again... It was so lovely towards the end when they sang We Go Together because, like, you felt the bond. It's not called We Go Together. I know it's not, but I keep forgetting what it's called. <laughs> Their bond felt amazing. But it like, feels real by that It point, does feel real, it? but I just wish we had more of them. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm hoping for. I hope the narrative and the pacing is okay because we're going back up to about a two-hour-long one. Oh, I don't know. It, I, I feel like this is a longer one. So I'm hoping the pacing is better and we don't go back to the issues of the past where especially we've got new villains we need to yeah, establish two hours, these villains. One hour 58. we need to establish these villains well then very quickly mm-hmm. i also hope that if annie is an orphan or as close to an orphan as possible and she still thinks her parents are alive 
Yeah. We make like Annie too, and we establish that clearly. Yeah. Again, all the rules are out for this one. This is an Annie that's kind of like I've never seen it again. So if she shows up at like the hour and 20 minute mark and she's like, no, you can't adopt me. I've got parents. I'm going to be majorly annoyed. Yeah. That's something that needs to be established early, which the second one did well. Mm-hmm. I think I'm hoping we take a lot of what worked with the second one. But with the added time, we show some more lovely interactions between Stax and Annie. Yeah. But we also get more establishing the villains. Cool. That's what I want. Nice. And maybe this will be the definitive Annie viewing experience. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Only one person voted for it so far. So far. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that one person was me. <laughs> <gasps> you scandalous. That's We don't vote on our own polls. No, you don't vote on your own polls because it's you asking. I can vote. I mean... Yes, I accidentally <laughs> did that, and I was like, right, we will do Legally Blonde then. I love this version of Annie. So I this is your favourite Annie? Yeah. Cool. I like it. Okay. Let's go to the movies. Is that song back? No, it's just the new response. Thank, Thank God. God. <laughs> Quick question. Yeah. Have we got Annie on Blu-ray? We got Annie. <laughs> See you soon. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow. There'll be sun Just thinking about tomorrow Clears away the cobwebs and the sorrow Till there's none When I'm stuck with a day That's grey and lonely I just stick out my chin And grin And say Oh, the sun will come out Tomorrow, so you gotta hang on till tomorrow, come what may. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love ya. Tomorrow, you're always a day away. Orange, glad we're back. I should have known you would do something like that. Yes. I've deliberately asked that I could introduce the second half at once because I had a joke from the film. Woohoo! So I said, would this be like The Rise of Skywalker or compared it to other trilogies? But I forgot that last time when we were watching the 1999 version of Annie, mm. I compared it to the Dark Knight version because it was darker in times like first Annie was kind of campy Batman era. This one oh, felt like... The was... 1999 one where they're just like straight up willing to kill Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of dark. This one is batman forever. Yes. Because they actually refer to uh, Stax as Batman. Yeah. Like another recasting. Maybe one recasting too far. Who knows? We'll talk about it 
I think this film has a very clever opening because the first person we meet is not Annie. I mean, the first person we meet is Annie because it's her name in the film is also Annie. Yes. But she also was the understudy for Annie for a really long time on Broadway and then eventually became Annie on Broadway. But it is a really tongue-in-cheek reference to what everyone expects. Like, it's a really funny strike because... If you haven't seen it, first character we see is a little ginger girl called Annie. Mm-hmm. And her entire class hates her. Because, because she's, she's so peppy. She's like proper Annie. Yeah, and it's a really clever little opening. Like, haha, we're not going to be having this here. Mm-hmm. And I did laugh. She seems like she would be an, an annoying kid to have in your class. She's the Rachel Berry of the class. Yeah, for sure. So out comes our Annie. Yep. And of course, the president that she is here to talk about is FDR. Yeah, and his pyramid scheme, or whatever you called it. The New Deal. Yeah. And she really does bring history to life, getting all everyone to, like, clap and stamp. And Yeah. She's really good with it. She's a good teacher. Yeah, and the teacher rolls his eyes, and you know he's, like, always getting this, but I think it's, like, in a kind of, oh, Annie. Yeah. It's weird. You cause... can't tell whether he likes her or not, because you would think this is... if. If she's into this kind of learning, you would think he'd be trying to do Any it. Any good teacher, this will be a teacher we'll have to review for like the 30 seconds he's on screen. Yeah. Any good teacher would encourage any method of learning. Yeah. And her method of learning and presenting, because that's a really good charismatic presentation. How is this kid not getting like A stars for She's all presented her... her information clearly, concisely. And every single person in that class has learnt something about FDR and the New Deal. Hmm. They have an understanding of how it works. Yeah. I, like, I now have an understanding of how it works. Exactly. It was much better than when I tried to tell you. Yeah, basically. Now, the other thing that's really good about this opening is the overture. Is obviously we get all the songs that we know and love, mm-hmm. but blended in with the sounds of NYC. Yes. Like, we get Jay-Z's cameo of him honking the horn. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which song it was to, but they were all really good. Yeah, I'm trying to think what song it was, yeah, but I can't remember. All of the songs blended really well. I think it's Hard Knock Live. Possibly. Yeah. As she's dashing off somewhere we don't know, she passes Stax, mm-hmm. who is at a Stax mobile event. He's giving out free phones as he is running for mayor. No. So he's giving out free phones because it's a Stax mobile launch. Yes. But he makes a point of saying it's not a part of his presidential okay. campaign. Because there's a woman well, that comes up mayor, to him. mayoral campaign. He's not running for president. What did I say? Presidential campaign. Oh, yeah, mayoral campaign. So he, a woman comes up to him and says to him that she'll, she's definitely going to vote for him now because she's got a free phone. Yes. And he's like, well, this isn't an election event. This isn't a bribe. Yeah, this is a Stax mobile event. Yes. Which I, I think would be quite hard to distinguish. Yeah, I think Because like, so. if you're running a phone company... And you have come up with this new phone and your event for that new phone is you're going to give out 400 new phones yes. for free. Off you go. That's like quite a good event for a phone company. How do you not mix the two? Well, exactly, because the two are at the same time and it is very difficult to be seen. I, I mean, if I was his rival, if I was the current mayor of NYC, I'd be like, sorry, guys, can you see what he's doing? He's bribing people to vote for him. He's buying votes. Mm-hmm. Like That doesn't seem kosher. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like it's a bad judgment call. Mm-hmm. However, I have to say, in the other versions of Annie we've watched, we only meet Daddy Warbucks after Annie has been brought to his house. Yes. And we in... are aware he exists mm-hmm. in the world. 
However, this is quite nice to see him straight away. Both his and Annie's journeys are starting at the same point because they're both as integral to each other in this version. Yeah. Which is nice. We do spend a lot of time with him without Annie as yes, well. Yes, which we don't ever get in other versions. We see what his life is like and how empty it is without Annie. Mm -hmm. They both have the same journey, which is really nice. Yeah. We haven't had that in other versions. Mm-hmm. And it's established very early on that she is looking for her parents. She still believes they are out there looking for her and they will come back someday. Cool. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I and prefer it when Annie knows her parents are out there. Yes. And this time or we're... thinks her parents are out there because that's going to be a, a, you know... Yeah. This is the first version where we're introduced to the concept of I want to find my parents so early Yes. Because even the 1999 one, which did a better job of dealing with I want to find my parents, there's still like a huge gap. I wouldn't say it's that huge. It was about it. two minutes in. No, I mean between maybe where she talks about them yeah. and actually then being like, fair. we should find my parents. Yeah, that's fair. And she's very active. Like she's actually doing something. She's not sitting around waiting. Yeah. She is active. Annie seems to know everyone she passes, and I just thought it was a very comic strip. Kind of a little nod to its source material. Yeah. Like the proper source material. This is clearly Annie the musical, but kind of aware of its history. Mm -hmm. It's that sort of thing that in a comic strip, we don't introduce characters because we have three or four panels. Everyone just knows everyone. Yeah. And she just seems to know. We don't need to know why. They just know her. Mm -hmm. It's cool. And I called it. I said so during our preamble. Annie's a foster kid. Yeah. That was quite good that you managed to figure that out. Although I suppose that's sort of illogical. Yeah, although I was surprised that there were so many foster kids. I thought we would be meeting Pepper and everyone else as almost a breakfast club style thing, like, at yeah, school. her friends. I feel like this Miss Hannigan, who is cheating the system by fostering all these kids and getting all the foster money, mm -hmm. that's actually a really good way to depict her in 2014. People do do that, though. No, I know they do. Especially and it's considering not seen as a good thing. No. Well, later on, we they have the blonde woman that goes from family with Annie. services. Family services, yeah. So later on, we see the woman from family services talking about what a child has to have for it to be an appropriate living situation oh, yeah. for a foster child, and she says it has to have one light source, um, a water source, and one and window. Yeah, one window and a chair per 10 people. One chair per 10 people. Miss Hannigan's just about fits that, I would Literally say. Literally just about fits that. Yeah, she's doing the bare minimum mm -hmm. to get the money. You know she has that list taped up somewhere so yeah, that she definitely. can remember it. Yeah, 100%. And this version of Maybe is really fun. I do like that all of the foster kids, bar Pepper initially, are mm -hmm. singing. Which really... is. Establishes some good camaraderie between them. Yeah. Which I think is important for this version. As opposed to them being orphans, they are foster kids. Mm. I definitely feel, though, that this version was influenced from Pitch Perfect with the kind of clapping and the cup song motif. Yeah, for sure. And around this kind of time, those kids would definitely have seen Pitch Perfect. Yes, so... definitely. I mean, maybe they're not going to movies because... No, but that Ms. song Halligan was the height surprised. of popularity at the time. Oh, 100%. And you know they'd have heard it at the playground at school. Exactly, like... they picked up on it. So I quite like that we're seeing the influence of real-world events in this version. Yeah. City Hall's coming. So 
you better clean like your lives depend on it because it does oh yeah they they're getting inspected yeah basically and miss hannigan does come across really like not evil but just nonchalant she doesn't actually care about any of these no, kids. No, she really doesn't. Fine. Fair. Yeah. That's her character. She's supposed to be like an antagonist. Mm-hmm. She's a foil. So good. I don't like this version. I, I think she's well performed, but I don't like Miss Hannigan. Yeah. Which I think is important. But the one with the... So, Carol Burnett, Miss Hannigan, we know is feeding the children. Yes. Because she talks about it and we see them chopping up all those potatoes and onions. But she also loses like three quarters of the orphanage. Yeah, that's true. But Perhaps she's feeding them children. She's feeding the children to each other. <laughs> I'd watch that horror movie. That'd be great. Um, yeah, but we know she's feeding the kids, right? And then Kathy Bates. I don't think we see her actually feed those children. No. But I don't think anybody eats in that movie. But there's a lot of eating in the original one. And then this one, we have over and over again how much Miss Hannigan gets a week for having just Annie. Yeah. Just Annie, she gets 145 extra dollars a week. And it's like 60 cents. But, so she gets that for each kid. And then at some point we see her kitchen and it's empty. Like all the cupboards are empty. There's nothing in there. How, like... She's drinking it away. Yeah. She comes across very drunk most of the time. Uh-huh. But also, she wears nice clothes. That's where it's going. Yeah, for sure. But Annie so is getting free food from... Lou. Lou. Yeah. We're going to Hard Not Life, and it's very diegetic, clearly, because Miss Hannigan can hear them. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of the songs in this version of Annie are diegetic. A lot of the songs in this version are diegetic. Yeah. yeah, because I feel like they're always kind of interaction, and there's some kind of aside or it just feels like every song is is there for everyone mm-hmm. maybe definitely was the kids will sing because you've got Pepper covering her ears to try and like ignore the song so yeah. it's diegetic it still feels fun what a hard knock life yeah but it should because these are the girls that are showing camaraderie mm-hmm. it's not doom and gloom because they've still got each other and they enjoy each other's company so yes. I don't mind that it's not doom and gloom and I think it upholds uh, the like down and out outness of it. Yes. While they're still hopeful. Yeah. Perfect word. Yeah. I like when we have the Santa Claus. Wait, what? Who's he? Yeah. They're staring up the chimney. That's a really cool shot. Yeah. I liked that one. There's a lot of really cool shots in this movie. Yes, and they are having fun with it. Like the way they sort of trash like it's a video game. Like, and they're just batting, Pepper's batting it all with, like... And then she drops all the food waste yeah. on her, yeah. So it's good. Mm-hmm. And again, we have another nice moment where the sounds of cleaning make the tune. So, like, they they, they drop the soap and, like, yeah. they, they brush the floors and... It, it yeah, makes it a, shh, shh. Like... It's a shh, shh life yeah. for us. It's a shh, shh life for us. And mm-hmm. it's really fun. Like, I like it that the world is blending into it. It's mm-hmm. It's nice. And the man from City Hall comes. Yep. And she is the very nice flirtatious. Nice man. Yeah. It's my maiden name, but I'm not married to it, if you know what I mean. Wink, she says wink. that like three times. I know. It's a really nice re- returning motif. But it's a much easier escape for Annie, because I guess we can't have Mr. Washy. So she 
goes into Mrs. Hannigan whilst they're inspecting the bathroom and she says, I would like to go to the library to do some homework. Mm. Miss Hannigan says, no. And she goes, okay, well, can I have some headache tablets then? We don't no, have... she asked for tooth floss. Oh, tooth floss. Den- yeah, dental floss, that's it. And she says, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, can we just check the, um, the, the, the yeah. medicine cabinet? And she's like, no, hold on. How about you go to the store and get some dental floss and go to the library because she knows. And she's like, that darn Annie. Yeah, that darn kid. Yeah. So I think that's nice. Yeah, I think it's funny. Yeah. Like Annie, this Annie could talk her way around anyone mm-hmm. more so than the other two. Oh, definitely. Because the other two, maybe not 1999 Annie so much, but original Annie, she is the one that like kept turning Daddy Warbucks' yes. around. And was the whole like... I'm going to sympathy you into taking yeah. me in. But this Annie, oh my God. <laughs> I think, oh yeah. Having watched the three Annies, I do think the second Annie has the least kind of character. Yeah. Not a slight on, on the actress because no, she was a great actress. But I don't think it helps that she had quite a wet, undeveloped Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. Because he was just kind of like, okay. Oh, poor Victor Garber. No, he was good, but he didn't have the writing there to develop. Yeah, they didn't do a whole lot with that one. Exactly. The other Daddy Warbucks and the stacks in this have enough grounding of where they are and how they develop because mm-hmm. there's more time. They've got an extra half an hour. Yeah. So these two Annies have more character and I feel like this has the same kind of charm as the original Annie, but also I would argue is better performed. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a slight on our original Annie because I, I love that. Mm-hmm. She had the charm of a child. You weren't watching a child actress, you were watching a child. Yes. And we so, appreciate that. Exactly. We get a really interesting line because we cut back to Stax. Yes. And we get the line from Guy, do you really think a businessman can run a city? Your ongoing theory with this is? I think Donald Trump watched Danny and thought, huh, now there's an idea. Your running theory. I just think, yeah. Is that... He took the wrong message for the, from this film. <laughs> yeah. He took the complete wrong message for this film. It's not about being the mayor because he rescinds that and he goes back on himself at the end. Spoiler alert. But Donald Trump clearly just watched up to this point and thought, huh, oh, yeah, that's an idea. Mm-hmm. Let's get the ball rolling. Hire guy. But there's so much more depth already to Stax. He isn't that likeable at this point. Yeah. Which is good. Mm. I want him to be a bit of a idiot yeah because he's gonna grow and that's really nice Mm -hmm. and annie beats family services she goes there she manipulates them she has all the forms she knows everything she has the money that she made from lou yes which i like changing the dates on the oh that was so um, gross the milk and the orange juice cartons because she goes she goes to lou and says she needs some money yeah and he says, okay, well, fine, you can do some work for me. Well, he makes a great joke about, well, you can go and rob the bank. Here's my balaclava. Yeah. Off you go. But yeah, she, she has to do some work for him and he'll give her the money that she and needs. And he's just wiping off the old used by dates on the milk and oranges and writing new ones Yeah, on. she goes to throw them away and he's like, what are you doing? Just change the dates. I'm a local place. Like, come on. Gross. Oh, that is gross. But yes, someday when Annie can drive, she will decimate the DMV. Yeah, for sure. Like... They, they won't know what's coming. No. She won't even have to take a test. She'll just talk them into it. Yeah. And on her way back, she drops her little piece of paper that says, we know nothing about you. And she stares at her. 
herself. Yeah. And she sings tomorrow. I do tomorrow. wonder in... That's the one thing I think with this uh, film, right? In this day and age, how can there be no nothing at all? I mean, she was left outside a restaurant. No, with... she was left outside a police station. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very, very briefly said. She was left outside of the something precinct. And the nine nine. The, the note was with her. It's not the nine nine. I think it's like the thirty something. Yeah. Yeah, and the note's with her, and then because she knows what the note says and the logo on it, she somebody has told her that note for sure. Yeah, she was obviously read it a lot as a child. Yeah, was read it because she can't read. Yeah. Bless her. When we get to that part, we'll talk about that a bit more. Yeah, we'll talk about that a bit more. She's a fantastic singer. She really is. Oh, my days. Uh Wow. And I really liked that she'll stare in these reflections and there's the real world, but there's also her mind playing. So like instead of, you know, throwing um, barrels up and downstairs, she sees Mm. them throwing the baby up in the air. Yeah, and the the two people with their laundry bag where it's a kid jumping over her in the reflection. It's It's really really cool. I very much appreciated that. And tomorrow's abruptly finished by some kids chasing Sandy. Mm -hmm. And she gives chase and goes after. And Stax nearly kills Annie. Basically. But saves her. Luckily. Otherwise, yeah. you know, it'd be a very short Annie film. <laughs> End of movie. <laughs> kids with germs. My weakness. Little kids. Kids with germs. Yeah. yeah. That's been my week. That's a... Yeah. We're back to school now. <laughs> Hi, kids. <laughs> yes, it's been my week is um constantly, like, rubbing hand sanitizer on myself. Yeah. You need to do what Musical Mash is doing and just sit outside the window. I was just about to window. say... There are no windows in my classroom. I'm not allowed them. So I am just going to get like some little disinfectant spray. And if anyone comes near me, I'm just going to spray the disinfectant in their face. My eyes. Yeah, Musical Mash, you've got it down to a T. Like, brilliant. I will teach from outside this window. Yes, I actually am doing that with the doors. If I have to speak to devising groups, I take one devising group outside and I stand in the doorway so I can turn back and see if everyone else is working. And then I can talk to that group. So I'm kind of teaching outside. Annie's off to a group home. Yeah. In a really weird moment in yeah, this film. She's had enough with Annie. But you mentioned like there's some kind of sympathetic element because she's still... Yeah. So Miss Hannigan says Annie should comes back and Miss Hannigan says, well, that little stunt that you pulled with making me almost open the medicine cabinet, that's it. You're done here. I told the inspector that I don't want to foster you anymore. So... You're going to a group home now, which is obviously a threat to Annie. And he's like, okay. Annie just says, okay, but you can tell that she's worried about it. And she goes to her room. And as she walks away, Cameron Diaz, as Miss Hannigan, has this little moment of she looked really annoyed at Annie and her face goes really soft. And then she sort of grimaces a bit. Because she if expected she's like, something different, I think. Yeah, she kind of feels bad. She she yeah. wanted to get a rise out of Annie, and she didn't. And it has now just made her feel guilty. Yeah. Which, like, she should feel guilty. Definitely. But... So, from there, we cut back to Stax. Mm-hmm. And he's with Grace, and Guy rings. He's like, that stunt you pulled has given you all the points in the polls. And like, what stunt? You saved a girl. You I'm saved Batman. a girl? Why didn't you tell me yet? And he's like, I, I said to you, he's Batman. And then he said immediately, I'm Batman. Yeah. 
No, so that joke came earlier. Oh, did it? Yeah. So okay. earlier on, he says something about, I'm the person this city needs, or like, I am the city. And Grace says, yeah, okay, Batman. And I'd already said that and before. You, Danny had said the line beforehand. And then nah. he, he, he brings it up again here, and he's like, yeah, I told you, I'm Batman. <laughs> so Grace tracks down Annie. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Putting Annie in the middle of a political campaign feels really underhanded. But then I guess it's no different than... Exactly that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's no different than him bringing in an orphan for the week to boost his image and likability. Yeah, the or difference is FDR him. deciding to use her. But the difference here is the fact that kind of the problems of Daddy Warbucks have never really been specified. Mm-hmm. Here it's, it's the same thing. It yeah. feels more underhanded because there's like more depth to the rationale and the reason. Yeah. But yeah, I like that as a plot device. Mm. And she's just a great Annie. Like their rocky start is brilliant and they have the loves and she's like, you got to tell me what's going on first before I pose for pictures. Yeah. And they come up with the She's like street smart, I guess is what they're going for. Yeah, definitely. And they come up with the idea for her to live there. Yeah, and we get the best bit with Guy. Yeah. Where he obviously doesn't know how old she is. Yeah. And has never spoken Hi there, to a child girl. before. Would you like to stay with him for three weeks? Yeah, and he's like, it's very crowded where you live. And he crosses his arms over yeah. himself. Would you like some space? And then he like flaps his arms to it's show space. It's so weird. And she's just sat there like, oh, okay. But they agree, they get their pictures and they go family services and the same woman's there and she is so enamoured by stacks and she's like yeah. I will drop everything and go yep smart house scares me why there is an episode of the simpsons a treehouse of horror episode oh. of the simpsons where they have a smart house mm-hmm. which is voiced by pierce brosnan cool. he falls in love with marge and he tries to kill everyone and obviously does because it's a treehouse of I've horror i've seen that they have um Oh Matthew gosh. Perry is one of the optional voices. Like, could I be any more of a house? And then they decide on Pierce Brosnan. And it's weird. And the idea... I think that's why I'm so weird about Alexas and everything. Like, that episode was like, huh. Yeah, you don't like our home pod. No, I don't. I do. I don't. I just like having someone to talk to. <laughs> Children of the corn face. I know. It is... I want to live in that house. I think that's cool. The house is really, yeah, the house is, I mean, that's safety feature. That's a really good safety feature, I guess. I mean, most of the time my phone doesn't recognise my fingerprint because I have, like, paint or something. Accurate, but I do like the design of the house. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, it fits 2014 New York. And you predicted as well that you would live in a penthouse. Yes, it's 2014 New York. Mm -hmm. Right. I think I'm going to like it. Yes, yes. I think I'm gonna like it. Here, yes, yes. Said there'd be a reimagining. I like this version. This gets stuck in my head on a weekly basis. It's okay. I know it's not your favourite. Is it's, it better than the last one? I do one? think it's better than the last one because I do like the interactions with Grace and it feels mm. more fun, but this is one where it felt very auto-tuned. Mm. Like, the auto-tuning felt really noticeable. Yeah, I guess this is a good time to talk about the auto-tuning because this was a big critique that people had for this movie was that all of the songs sound auto-tuned and they don't. 
they sound synthesized. Yeah. Which is a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also a continued sound all the way through the movie. If it was just on certain songs, I could understand the criticism. But because it's the constant sound of this film, I don't really understand why people are complaining. Right. I think the thing that made it noticeable for me is Grace. Yeah. Because Rose... Fine. She isn't singing, she's talking. That's what I mean. But she is a phenomenal singer. Yeah. She's a great singer. And get him to the Greek, she's brilliant. Yeah. And the fact that you have somebody who can sing really well, and you've kind of given her this weird talky auto-tune moment. So wish it and it shall appear. Was noticeable. Because yeah. she can sing. Yeah. Yeah, so, at the end of the song, she holds a note and it's like yeah. a really nice... So for me, I felt like that was a bad choice for this song. Yeah. I understand. I like the way they've reimagined it. I think it fits this world better than the kind of classical everything else. Yeah. I really like the family services woman, like, in the background, like, having more fun in this house. <laughs> Damn right, you're gonna like it. So this is it. No, That's cool. You can't have all, all the waiters and the staff. Because mm-hmm. for starts, I don't think this stacks with, like, he's a germaphobe, which appropriate for the world we yeah. live in now. Well, Annie asks him later why he doesn't have a cook and servants. Because he's scared of the cross-contamination. Yeah, he doesn't like so, people. So, you know, I like that they repurposed it to just be the three of them discovering this house together. Mm-hmm. Is he nice? I think so. He just doesn't know it yet. Is a really lovely line. Yeah, so when... that is the kind of whimsical I can accept in a kid's movie exactly and i think it's great for annie yeah. it's like she knows more she she is very intuitive mm-hmm. and she gets people and i yeah. think it's a lovely life we've talked about with these annie movies so far that she's very intelligent yes in this one it's made very clear that she's emotionally intelligent yes definitely and that is works better for her character yeah. i think than her being like book smart there's a weird joke where stack thinks that miss hannigan is a prostitute yeah, and then he thinks Lou is as well. And I think, like, it's made funny only by him also thinking That's what I mean. Like, it's really unnecessary, but then Lou shows up and he's like, no, I don't want any services, thank you. Great, <laughs> What's okay. wrong with this neighbourhood? Yeah, like... <laughs> like, that's funny. That's what makes... But when it's... That's what makes it funny. If it was just Miss Hannigan, it would be inappropriate. Exactly. But because it's both of them, that is that joke's in there for the parents. Yes. And it's great. Exactly. And I like it because... He just, it's indiscriminate. Like, oh my God, how many prostitutes live here? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and his chim jams are so cute. Who? We are quite a little bit forward, but... Uh, Daddy Warbucks. Yeah, Stax's yeah. gym jams are cute. But then we do get a nice little photo montage and Sandy's back. I thought the music over the photo montage was really she nice. Is here as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because she is the person who gives her Sandy. Yeah. The, the dog lady. Yes, the dog lady. So we find out as well that Guy has made a... Um, Twitter page. Twitter page, yes. The social medias, because they're not allowed to call it Twitter. They do mention tweeting, though, and that they followed the Twitter. I don't think tweeting is copyrighted. But I think they specifically said Twitter. Did they? Yes. Ah, oh, okay. I, I know they like used they... The, the right shade of blue. Yeah, I feel like they definitely said Twitter. Mm. Maybe there's a thing that's allowed to say it, but you can't show it. Yeah. And then we find out that Katy Perry follows her. But this is the thing. It's a small joke, but that's going to become so important. And I feel like that's really good storytelling. Yes. Because, like, it's a throwaway joke at this point. And kind of the irony is she can't read as well. 
which yeah. again, well, yeah, at first I thought that was a joke, like she won't. That's why she isn't in control of the page. Yeah, but they don't know at that point. No. But it becomes more important later, and I think yeah. that's a really clever thread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she has a phone all the way through this movie. Yeah. She's in possession of a mobile phone, and in the kidnapping scene and the chase at the end, she still has her phone. She just can't use it to do anything. Yeah. Which is an interesting take. And I think that is the only way they could have possibly gotten around. Like being like, well, why didn't she just ring the police? She has a phone. Yeah. Like, we have to know that. Yeah. She cooks the stacks. And I really like this sequence because it's almost like the sequence that we get in the very first one where they're in the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. It's like the first real conversation they have, the pair of them. Mm-hmm. And she starts cooking for him and her pun game is on fire. <laughs> I wish I'd written more of them down, but I was just enjoying listening to her puns. Yeah. Her pun game is better than her cooking, which looks inedible. Absolutely. I just really like that in, in the original Annie, that bonding scene in the pool, Annie is talking to... Daddy Warbucks like an adult yes. because that's the only way she's going to bond with him. Yeah. Whereas in this one, Annie behaves like a child and talks like a child, and Daddy Warbucks needs that yeah. in his life. Exactly, I think it's really nice. It's nice. They've they've made a lot of changes, but they suit a modern setting so much Definitely. better. Definitely. So we're going to have a day at work, but he promised her a movie premiere that evening. Mm-hmm. I'm already curious who are our celebrity cameos going to be it. this is the best part of this movie it is really good I want to watch this film they go and see a film called Moonquake they do but oh my god one of the things I thought was quite weird beforehand and I guess it's also going to become important yeah but there's kind of a weird constant thread of phones being spyware yeah which I just thought was weird like is that some kind of statement already on like Facebook Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. and obviously like smart devices like everyone has your GDPR breach. Yeah, Lou even says at one point that phones spy on you and steal your soul. Yes. And we're kind of there and it's almost like they're confirming it. Yes, we are taking stuff and we'll see what we can find out because we've got access to all this data. I'm like, huh, that's weird. It's a good way of getting them to try and find her family. Sony manufacture phones and Sony made this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of weird. It's almost like somebody that works for Sony is trying to tell us something. I mean... Yeah, and the karma was they got hacked. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it felt weird. Like, Mm. had this come from another film company that doesn't have, like, the synergy of electronic devices, I kind of get it. Yeah. But Sony, weird. Yeah. (laughs) I get you. So we get Moonquake Lake. The best song. Which I feel like it's Twilight. Moonquake. Like, I would genuinely go and see this film if it came out. I feel like it's part Twilight. It's supposed to be Twilight. But also part, like, Alien Invasion or, like, Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, so it's Twilight meets Jupiter Ascending and the the lyrics to the song Moonquake Lake yeah. explain the plot of the movie. Yeah. And Sia wrote this song. I actually didn't hear the song. I, I completely missed it. I love that. this song. Sia wrote this song with Stargate. Yes. And basically the lyrics of the song are, he's a human boy and she's a fish person. Can somebody help me? Yeah, basically. And they meet and because she's the fish person princess, she'll have to ascend to the moon to save the earth. 
from like whatever the bad guys are. It is tween trash. It's YA gold. Yeah. I bet, right, if they'd have made an actual movie based on that. They did. It would have been a bestseller. They did. The Shape of Water. <laughs> that movie's great too. I've not seen it, I have we to We need say. to watch that. So our celebrity cameos are Ashton Kutcher and mm-hmm. Mila Kunis. Yeah. Who I love. That's great. Did you see who directed Moonquake Lake? No. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. That's actually kind of As funny. in directors of the Lego movie and yeah. Jump Street I and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. They are working with Sony quite extensively at this point in time, so... Yeah. Who knows? That's really funny. But Annie has become an influencer. Yes. Boo. But yes. Annie on TikTok would have a field today, wouldn't she? Mm-hmm. Dark be suspicious. Dark be suspicious. I wonder if she does have TikTok. Possibly. If we get a new Annie version, she's definitely going to be on TikTok. Yeah, for sure. Annie told exclusively through TikTok would be interesting. At some point, we're going to watch the new Gem and the Holograms movie. Yeah. Which basically is that Gem's a YouTuber. Cool. And that's how she gets famous. Which, if that was made this year, she would be a TikToker. And that's how she would This is the famous. thing. These animations, like, again, they have to work really quickly. Because if they don't... I mean, they might say she's TikTok famous and then, like, TikTok might die. Like, it's very much in danger Oh, of it. it's not animated. Oh, okay. No, it's a live-action movie. And Fair. everyone was really upset about it. Okay. Because <laughs> it, like, it's called Gem and the Holograms. It has nothing to do with Gem and the Holograms. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. One of the things I thought here was this was a much better film to lose than Annie. The first one. But I've stylized yes. it as Annie and one E. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is just Let's Go to the Movie. It is. How did you not pick up on that? No, I know that that's what this scene is doing, but I it didn't occur to me that this Moonquake Lake movie is replacing the movie they went to see. Yeah. This is so much... This is more child-appropriate to take Annie to see. Yeah. Just in general. And it feels like a lot more fun. Like, even Stax is having more fun here. Yeah. Like, they all throw popcorn at him because he's like... Because <gasps> he talks, yeah. yeah. I think, like, it's a lot more fun. I genuinely feel like Jamie Foxx must have had the time of his life. Filming on, this film. Yeah, like, yeah. I would hate to read anything where he's like, oh, that was a horrible process. It looks like he's having fun. He seems like he's having a he good time. He definitely feels like he's having a good they time. They also mention that there is a Stax phone used in the movie and yeah. that it's product pay- placement and it cost them $50,000. Yeah. To get that in the movie, but that product placement is what's keeping the film industry alive. Which is so funny considering like Sony. I mean, if you look at the font for the PlayStation, it is just the Spider-Man logo. Mm. Like it's the same font as Spider-Man. And you have like such clear product placement through all the Spider-Man films. And if it's a Sony film, you always see the Sony laptops, the Sony phones. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my days. Like, product placement. When we teach media product placement, it's so interesting to be like, watch this and watch this and watch it. And people never realise it before. Do you want to hear my favourite musical movie product placement story? Go for it. In, when they were making Grease, mm-hmm. they made a product placement deal with Pepsi. Yeah. And in the agreement that they made with Pepsi for the funding for the movie, uh, they agreed that Coca-Cola wouldn't be shown more than Pepsi, except for the film to be time accurate. There are a lot of Coca-Cola machines, where specifically when they're in the Burger Palace, 
They're all drinking Coke. There's a Coke machine at the back and there's a poster. So to get around the Pepsi deal, they just blurred them. So in any scene where they're in the Burger Palace, there's just blurry Coca-Cola signs everywhere. I've never noticed that. Yeah, it's my favourite thing. That is funny. funny. I I think it's really funny. We have You're Never Fully Dressed, sung by Sia. Mm -hmm. It's a good use of the song, but like... That song is clearly playing at the show. Yeah, it's diegetic sound again. Yeah, but just... we're just having a good time at this movie premiere. One of the little girls gets her wish to ice yeah. skate on actual ice. Yeah, it's a nice little moment. I just feel like the song, you know, we're just adding the song for the sake of it. Mm. There's a lot of Annie Easter eggs here. Like it's kind of you have to know Annie. If we'd watch this one, like just out of context, we're just like. Instead of doing the definitive Annie viewing experience, she was like, we're going to watch Annie. We're going to watch 2014 Annie. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen another one before. A lot of this would have gone like over my head. Yeah, But sure. because we've watched them all in quick succession, I'm picking up on like a lot of these nice little Easter egg type things. Mm-hmm. Grace just loves Annie's presence. And I get the sense like she sometimes loves it more than Stax. Yeah. But... You can tell she's kind of, she wants a kid. But also, like, she talks to Annie about how she never had best friends and she's just ready to be a mum. Mm-hmm. She already mothers everybody else in this film, so yeah. she might as well do it to Annie too. So the foster kids go back. Mm-hmm. Could you keep a secret if you had fish earrings? No, nobody could. Nobody could. It of is impossible. Not. Little girls. I really like the idea of this one that she is actually just seeing them because she's so drunk. Like yeah. the way that they, they are the table and then they're not there. She turns and they're gone. Yeah, she's a lamp and one of the little girls is the lamp yeah. and they're the, the chair that she's sitting on and everything. Cameron Diaz is amazing and I really do like the way they have pop reimagined this but also blended in the kind of classic. So you have the little girls, little girls. Except she sings it properly. Yeah, no, I know. But then you go into a more pop style version for the rest of it. And then you go back to the little girls, little girls. So I don't know if we've talked about this on one of the other Annie videos. I don't think we have. I get really annoyed. Little girls, little girls. I get really annoyed when the actress that plays Miss Hannigan whoever it is, sings little girls, little girls, because in my head, it's little girls, little girls, because that sounds, it flows better to me. Little girls, little girls, everywhere I look, it is better. Yeah, I just prefer it. Little girls, little, the the T. It's just unnecessary. I don't like that hard T noise. You know, like it kind of works to make her angrier. I don't know, but this one is this also this diegetic. Mm-hmm. I can't remember why I wrote it down. I can't remember what happened. Oh no, we cut back to the kids in the bedroom yeah. and they can hear her singing oh, this. And they're laughing. Yeah. Yeah. I love, that's the other thing with this song. The change from what was always the sort of brassy mm-hmm. to the kids laughing yeah. to that tune. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. This does a lot of fun. Because you know she hears that in her head oh, yeah. all the time. This has a lot of fun with the sauce. Mm-hmm. With the sauce. Grace and Annie are sat on Annie's box. It's Friday. And yes. They're on their way home from the party and Annie says, can we stop? Yes. And he comes with his traditional cannoli. Mm-hmm. What is a cannoli? I don't know. It's like a sweet treat. I'm not sure. I've never eaten one. But here's my question. 
Grace sends a wage. Why doesn't she pay for it? Why does she accept the charity? Grace? Yeah. This guy obviously does this every week. I know, but why doesn't Grace even make an attempt to pay? She doesn't know that that's a weekly thing. No, she does. Annie's told her. Because, like, like, the first thing still, she, she says is, you, pay for so it. you do this every Things Friday. are different now. Things are different now. She should pay. That's true. <laughs> I think this guy... I'm a nitpicker. You've even got to if learn they this. Said, even if they offered, this guy wouldn't let them. Yeah, but just offer. Just still offer. All she should do is put up some money. He's just like, no. It's on the house. Uh-huh. Soap? No. Bubbles, I think. <laughs> no. Oh, on the house, I the think. the only one that's missing from this movie. <laughs> Michael J. Fox has a cameo. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Basically saying how Stax is useless. Yeah. What a He's weird for the other cameo. <laughs> I know. Why? I don't know how they got him to be in this film. I don't know either, but I love me some Michael J. Fox. Yeah, there's no reason for him to be in it, though. Guy really starts showing off his shady side. He's stayed nicer for longer than I expected. You always kind of got a weird thing about him, but, mm-hmm. you know... You know the scene where Michael J. Fox yeah. shows up? The music in the background is NYC. Is it really? From the oh, other cool. Annie. Yeah. I do feel like the guy character and arc is better than anything we've had with Rooster. Yes. Because he's there from the beginning and we see him trying, but we didn't see him being like, no, I'm going to be. But we he's know the... he's a shady dude straight away. But this is the thing. He's... He's sleazy. He's sleazy in the way that you can kind of understand, like... He's doing his job. He's been paid to do this and he's going to do this. Yes. Because he's got no emotional side. He literally just looks at the goal. He's so goal focused. He mm. doesn't think of who gets hurt. And I like that more than the way Bruce has always been. Like, yeah. We still get easy street and all that is great. It's just a really interesting dynamic. The other thing with him is he's obviously just Stax's campaign manager. Because he doesn't work for Stax Mobile. Yes. He doesn't know anything about any of that stuff. He's just here for the campaign. Grace works for Stax Mobile. Yes. Like, she's in charge of this stuff. Like, professional things. Yes. And she's she's presumably got a better relationship with Stax because they've worked together for years. Yeah, she does. And, like, we know that plays in later. But they get on very well. Because she has his actual best interests at heart and the best interests of this company, which he's worked so hard to build up, as opposed to Guy, who's just here to get him rich so that Guy can yeah, get rich. Exactly, because he's worked on other campaigns as well, he mm. was saying. Because uh, I will talk about it later on who's worked on, because that was fun. Yeah. They're going to go for a helicopter ride. Yes. Jamie Foxx is taken by Annie and he gives a great line. Why do we duck? I don't know. They always duck in movies. I like that. They duck so that their scalps don't come off. Helicopter blades. He's tall enough to be hit by helicopter blades. He is. Yeah. That's why he ducks. His work ethic, though, is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, with other Daddy Warbucks, I know he's not a Daddy Warbucks, but with the character, he usually just feels like everything's just easy. Mm. and it just comes and maybe that's a result of the time period yeah. you don't get or you do get like inherited billionaires mm-hmm. but he's worked for it yeah and he still goes he's the big like president of this company worth so much money he's still out there doing jobs any you know anyone else could yeah do. she even says annie even says that to him where she says about like oh well 
isn't that shouldn't you have somebody to do this for you and he's like that doesn't mean i shouldn't do it yeah i, I really admire his work ethic mm -hmm. and he gives some really great life advice you play the cards you're dealt yeah i like this and if song. you don't have good cards hustle <laughs> yeah bluff yeah yeah it's good advice like he's not he, he's got the makings to be like a he's good not disingenuous parent. exactly like yeah. he's going to give her good morals it's not like he's got their food conning it. And, you know, maybe he has done the odd con here or there, but it's honest to yeah. give him the start. To... He's not, like, cuddly. No. But he is being... He's giving, like, good dad advice, I think. Yeah. I was very surprised that NYC got a complete rewrite. Yeah. Simply because I said this before. I thought this one was timeless. Like, you could sing a song about New York. That's why they put it in the Michael J. Fox moment. So I'm surprised they didn't just, like, use New York... Concrete song, jungle. I really like this song, though. I like it, but I just... I think this song is written to show off Jamie Foxx's vocal range. Because, yeah. oh my gosh. I know, but I think he won an Oscar for it. Well, he was nominated because he was yeah, in Ray. Yeah, nominated. I can't remember if he won. He's, he's really good. He was very good. And I, pre-watching this movie, obviously I'd seen it before this time watching it, but I didn't know that he could sing. Yeah. And I thought he was amazing. Mm, he's fantastic. I, says, took, I took my mum to see this film with me yeah. and she hated it every minute of it and I had an absolute blast mm. watching this. He says sometimes you don't know what you're looking for and it could be right in front of you and he's talking about Annie and she mm -hmm. is right in front of him. But they keep mentioning 96th Avenue. Like, what's to do with 96th Avenue? Is that where Daddy Warbucks traditionally lived? And they're just like... No, Daddy Warbucks lived on 5th Avenue because he's rich. So what's 96th Avenue? So the, the higher in number you get, Oh, so this is Avenue Q. Yeah. Okay, fair. And also, sort of above 96th, you're getting into the, not worst parts of the city, but that's how it's seen. Yeah. It's the lower Less desirable areas. areas. Yeah. Okay, fair. I didn't know that. We get some flirty banter between uh, Stax and Grace, and it's really cute. It's really cute. And then we learn he's bald. Oh my God, best joke in this film. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so he and then he has very little hair yeah. anyway. It's a weird wig to have. And he says, where have you been? And I said, she was here the whole time. <laughs> she should have said she was hair the whole time. You'd have been happy. Yeah, she's got a good pun She game. pretends that she didn't see anything and that she was sat on the sofa the whole time, even though she knows that he's bald now. Yeah. She has a really good moment in a bit where she's talking to Grace about how she fancies Stax. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he's got a good head of hair. And Annie just goes, I wouldn't bank on the hair. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really, really fun. That is cute. Make this house a home is weird. Because mm. when do you get background music in a musical? Yeah, there's no reason for that to be there. It's weird. You don't get it. Like, it's not like you... We've seen other modern musicals. This is another place to put a bit of, like, NYC, yeah. maybe. Just it's just like... very weird. Like, it's not like we have real-world songs in the background in Mamma Mia. Like, you don't get a shot where Meryl Streep is, like, mm. screwing the doorknob on, and you just hear in the background, like, you know, another song mm. that doesn't exist in her universe. Like, imagine if they were playing Show Must Go On by Queen, and they'd be like, why is this why playing? Why is this song playing? And here it's very jarring because it's not a real song. It's it. This is non-diegetic sound. It's just soundtrack in the background. Yeah, but I don't get why they didn't just play anything, anything from Annie. Else. Yeah, or at least show her putting the radio on or something. Yeah, it's very very weird. Put the radio on. Have Sia's never fully dressed without a smile play again. Mm. If you really need a bit, or of just music have the instrumental version. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he's got the hard-hitting questions. Why aren't you together? Straight in. Kids are like that. So they dress Annie up and she looks gorgeous. And Grace looks gorgeous. And the women take control of Stax's house. And then they go for his dinner. I guess it's like a mayoral event. absolutely no idea what this event is. They're at a museum. I, I think would, they're at the Met. Yeah. He quotes Annie because she can only say yes. I'm thinking, oh, she's going to say no to something in a moment. I thought he was going to be like in front of all these people going, Annie, I would like to adopt you. And she's going to go and be like, no, I have parents. Didn't go that way. But I'm I just thought, really like, glad it didn't go that same, way. Same, but because he's like, she only says yes. I was like, oh God, what questions are you going to ask her that she says no to? Because that would be really disastrous for him. Mm. The senator wants to build... A fence. fence. So that, I mean, maybe Donald Trump watched a little bit more of this film. Yeah, I don't even know what that would be a reference to. I actually think Donald Trump's campaign must have started early and he must have started on the wall nonsense in 2014. Do you think that's a reference? Possibly. I have no idea. idea. It feels very weird. We watched it and we just looked at each other like, wow. What is this joke about? I don't know. If you're American, tell us what that joke is about because I don't. In 2014, making a joke about getting a fence built. Yeah. Like, unless there was some senator that tried to build a yeah, fence on land. Yeah, it feels very, very weird. I, I just do not understand no, what No, I don't understand about. it as well. Like, this is 2020 when we're recording. We've got no idea what it means. Yeah. So, please let us know. <laughs> Opportunity, brand new song. Yes. Cute song. Another I liked it. Another song written by um, Sia and Greg Kirsten. I thought it was cute. And I think it only fits this version of Annie. I think it's cute, except she has this one line that I don't understand why she wasn't directed to sing it. Because she is... She sings the line about, this is me and my opportunity. Yeah. And then... Not throwing away my she says opportunity. Like, not throwing away my opportunity she but she sings that line and then she says you're witnessing my moment can't you see yes that was weird and there's no reason why she couldn't sing that line it just comes off as being very strange she does it a couple of times Mm -hmm. but what's really that's not her fault that's just the directing i think it's an odd choice what is really nice about the directing here and the editing is the way stack smiles at her just he's such such a cute dad and him and grace looking at each other and being like she's amazing i know and guy ruins it yeah he sucks and she's so cute why wouldn't you ask her about this in advance i know i know why guy wouldn't because it wouldn't even occur to him but Stax should know about this. I don't this. think, yeah, Stax doesn't know about it because so, Guy's doing all this stuff no, going at the extra mile in Guy's mind. But, but again, why why wouldn't he know about this? Because Guy's just full of surprises. Cause no, he annoys me. She is so cute and she cares about him. And it's really sad that like she's sad about ruining it. She's like, I'm sorry I ruined your event. And he's like, you didn't ruin my event. And it's really good of him. Even at this point mm. when things matter to him and he's still like, I want to be mayor. He's like, well, stop with that. You... You didn't ruin it. Yeah. And it's really cute. Like, He's getting the dad part down. He is getting the dad part Which is really down. sad because this is the part where she tells him to leave her alone because he's not her dad. I know. But he still looks out for her because when she starts crying, he, he protects her and he gets her into the 
the, oh yeah they the, get he's her covering away her face. from those people he he he's straight away yeah, and it's so good like it's a small thing but he dads up even though yes. she's saying that to him she's they just really don't linger on it at all they do don't they? and he... it's just he's just straight in there mm-hmm. and i thought that was great yeah like okay you can say that to me because you're angry yeah doesn't change how i how i know we both feel mm-hmm. leaping lizards is a great band name Yes, and Eileen Quinn, who played the original Annie, had a band called the Weeping Wizards. Right, so... It's not the band that plays in this film. No, it isn't. That'd be a fun cameo. Guy talks about who he's got elected, and he mentions Kim Jong-il. Now, yeah. I'm sorry, no. He didn't get him elected. Yeah, this is... Uh... I appreciate the joke, but no. But no, you didn't. No, you didn't. And, you know, I imagine Grace is just, like, in the back of my mind going... No, you didn't. Well, Grace isn't there. Who does he say this he joke says to? He it's Miss Hannigan. Okay. You know Miss Hannigan's right. going to be like, wow, that's amazing. Miss Hannigan would believe it. Yeah. But I just, I appreciate the joke because like, okay, we as adults know that. Yeah. But like, it's a really good way of making him a villain as well. It's like, he's that kind of cheap villain where he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, t- I'll get anyone in power. Yep. This is a good version of the song. Right? I like this version of Easy Street, and I think it's more fun because I, I, I feel like I've got more connection to both these characters. I feel like Miss Hannigan is really marginalised in this one. Yeah. Like, every version of Annie, someone's marginalised. In, in the original Annie, it's Tim Curry, and who's, who's yeah. marginalised. In the second Annie, it's Daddy Warbucks, and in this Annie, I feel like Miss Hannigan mm-hmm. is so just... She's a footnote to a joke. Yeah, I, I think the issue is, if you want to focus on the relationship between Annie and Daddy Warbucks in any version, you have to you have lose to move. a lot of the orphan yes. stuff. And if you want to focus on, you know, orphans running around having a whale of a time you with to, nasty yeah. old Miss Hannigan, you have to focus on that part. No, it's a very, very interesting. I just noticed it. But the rework to this is great. However, I don't like them talking over it where they go back to their plan. They sing a chorus and they go back to their plan. See, that's how it actually goes. Oh, really? Yeah, the, they do it in the 1999 one. I didn't notice it as much. It's there. the one that you've got on your playlist in the car. Yeah. It's, it goes, they'll sing a verse and a chorus and then it all they'll talk oh. and they'll be like you know where we need to go though yeah but i like that with this but this it feels different yeah it's because the music continues in the, in the background yeah. and not only does the music continue but you can hear somebody singing it yeah so it just sounds yes. like they're talking over themselves exactly it's weird yeah so the next day annie goes to leave Stax's house because she thinks she's going to get kicked out mm-hmm. for ruining everything. Oh, bless her. And then she's like, "Well, actually, no. I'm just going to go let Sandy do but it." Sandy needs to. And we get to like go. the weird kind of who is it? Lemonade or is it fizzy pop? Soft like serve. Yeah, soft serve. Like really weird. But do you know what? Stax that we'd met before would never have made that joke. I know, but I could have lived all the way through a children's movie without hearing a poop joke. Same, but. I'll forgive it. Do kids find that funny nowadays? I was talking to a kid today about how much he loves the poop emoji in the emoji movie. So, yes. Great. (laughs) Yeah. So glad that's still in style. I know. Annie gets a Stacks history lesson, which I think is fun. Yep. And then the sun will come out. Pronto. (laughs) Pronto. That's such a brilliant joke because, like, it... You know the source material, and like we're here to watch Annie, so let's reference perhaps the most famous Annie song. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
how often does Annie sing that song? Because everyone else seems to know about that song. Like, this little girl Annie. I think she must sing it a lot. That yeah. and maybe. They probably sing it all the time. So, and that's why Miss Hannigan knows it, but not well enough to know the words properly. Exactly. Like, she must sing it all the time. I just think that's really Love funny. Love that she's roped all the kids into helping her with this, too. <laughs> and Miss Hannigan's like, people love musicals. Hi, everyone. We love musicals. We do love musicals. Yeah. And Sax gets more fun. And he wants to adopt Annie. But Guy is just the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, he really is. Miss Hannigan has paid a lot of attention to Annie. They know everything. What's their end game in this version, though? Because... Obviously, they can't be Annie's parents. No. Because they are both very visible to Stax, and there's obviously another very important reason why. Mm-hmm. So, in the other versions, it's always like, Tim Curry's going to kill her. Yeah, so... And Rooster always is always like, we'll get rid of her. Mm-hmm. So it's explained by Guy later on. The man who is playing Annie's dad... Is a friend of his. Yes. Friend. Well, I know what the his. end game actually is going to be, but like. Um, but he, it's just a guy that he knows who's hired a woman. Yeah. Who obviously also is into the sort of shady deals, and they're he described as being good at making things disappear. Yeah. And that this guy in particular deals with problems that would get guys' hands dirty. Yes. And they are just going to hide away with Annie for a few weeks and then return her to the foster system. Yeah, basically. But at this point, I'm wondering, it's like, okay, what are they actually going to do? Are they going to kill Annie? Like, they're going to just give this rant. And it's like, they, they do a really good modern solution to it. Mm-hmm. They never give her real parents' names. Like, the, real, the characters. In this version, we don't find out what actually happens to Annie's parents. No, we don't, which fine. We they know are, in yeah. both of the other ones that they're already dead. Yes. But in this one, we never find out. But I also meant the fake parents. Oh, yeah, no. Wouldn't it be fun as like a little Annie Easter egg that that was Rooster? Oh, yeah, if they were... Uh... If that was their character names. Like... Yeah. So the actor who plays the dad is Dorian Missick, and the actress who plays the mum is Tracy Toms. From Rent. From Rent. And they are billed as Annie's dad and Annie's mum. But mom. why not give them the names Rooster and, and Lily? Lily. Yeah, why not? Little Easter egg. We, you know, just credit them. They never say them. Exactly. Why not just do that for people who sit through credits? I saw a really good thing of like fun credit things that people don't realise, and it's like one of the more ones I'd forgotten was Frozen. They say Kristoff's view that men pick their nose and eat it is not one the Disney Corporation share. Yeah, <laughs> I like things like that. Yeah, same. Like, why not do that here? If people stick around and watch it, why not just give them that little moment? Mm-hmm. Sax tells Miss Hannigan Annie was genuinely nice about her. Yep. And Miss Hannigan starts to realise, like, oh, yeah, I've made a mistake. And obviously Annie is picked up by her real parents. And as Stax drives off, for the first time since he's known Annie, he goes back to using the hand sanitizer. And I think that's, I said to you, like, when we watch it, like, oh, that's so clever. Because he's already going back to who he was without her. Mm-hmm. He's sadder. And just not as happy without her. Mm-hmm. And Miss Hannigan is very remorseful. 
I like that about her. Like, like in, almost immediately yeah. before anything has happened. Because she realises that Annie wasn't this bad kid that was the source of all her problems. And she's like, yeah, okay. She mm. was a kid. Who am I? Or whatever this song is called. Who am I? Cool, what a guess. This I is a like weird it. song. It goes on for too long. It, so both Stax and Miss Hannigan are worse without Annie. Mm-hmm. And Annie's having a moment of like self-doubt where she's like, I wanted to find my parents so bad because I thought I would feel connected to them and I just don't know these people. It doesn't feel like a musical song but a pop song. Yeah. Can't say I was a fan of this one. Yeah, I get you. The dynamic between Stax and Annie is cute and Sandy continues to be a great judge of character when they actually come and they pick her up. What's their plan for this dog? Again, they're probably just going to, like, throw him out. Yeah. Or sell him. Basically. But, yeah, like, Sandy goes towards them, and I'm going to call him Rooster because he hasn't got a name, so why not? I'm going to call yeah. him as Rooster. He literally goes to punch Sandy. He, like, like pulls back. He pulls back with a fist. Back. Yeah. Like, I can imagine if Sandy jumped up to, like, lick him and say, hello, he's just going to, like, floor him. <laughs> if you know he's the villain if he punches a dog. Yeah. And Miss Hannigan and the foster kids come to rescue... Annie and they spill all the beans. Yep. And we get. I love that Miss Hannigan's go to is, I'm really sorry. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know it was going to be like this. Yes. And you know what? I think actually that's enough. Sometimes I think in, in these sort of films, a sorry should be enough. We don't mm. need to see repercussions of Miss Hannigan. Just the guy, though, turns around and is like, no, ignore her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And he gets straight up fired. And Grace is like, what did you do? Yeah. One of my favourite bits is Annie in the car with her fake parents. And she's like, do you collect ashtrays? Art? <laughs> I love the fact that I'm one like, of her first no, questions yeah, is pointing out how ridiculous the lyrics of maybe are. Do you and know, she quickly gets it, though. But one of my favourite things is when they're talking to her, um, Annie's fake mum calls her honey a couple of times. So you need to sit back, honey. Like actually trying to make her i know she's being a, a nuisance but there's no need for her to be calling her a pet name yeah it's it's weird but it comes across as like weirdly cute like this woman is kind of not okay with this whole situation whereas the guy is it feels very weird casting because she's such a non-character in this tracy toms yeah and she's so good Mm-hmm. it's almost just like it's a cameo type thing but with a few more moments but it just feels very weird yeah so poor Annie quickly gets it mm-hmm. and is told that Stax did this and instantly she's like heartbroken and yep. she starts waving at all these kids because this is why the social media comes in yeah. Annie is a celebrity and people are tweeting and they are tracking her via Stax's spyware on his phone mm-hmm. <laughs> great spyware saves the day but the the internet literate kids save the day yeah basically the daddy copter comes back we did not have the daddy copter in the, in second, the one. second one i love that <laughs> but it is kind of like the same ending as like the original because like they're driving away and they're in the daddy copter pursuing them mm-hmm. they just don't have anyone like on the phone, say like following them on foot, but instead they're following them via the internet. Yeah. Bondesk Annie music over the car chase was appropriately cheesy. It's like you've got the Annie music, but it's like 
I've got like an edge to it. Like yes. tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's so so fun. And they rescue her. We don't see what happens to the fake parents or anything else. And Annie was like, "No, I'm not having this." Well, the police I'm... show up, so I'm assuming they get arrested. arrested. But Annie's like, "I'm not going to talk to you. I don't matter to you. I don't want to be with, with, around you anymore." Because she still thinks. I just love that she keeps trying to run away from him, and he literally just picks her up. Yeah, but he's like, "I'm going to prove to you how much you mean to me." He goes straight to the live report. He goes, "I'm dropping out the race. I want to focus on being a family mm-hmm. with Annie." And he then turns to Annie and she is she's matchmaker Annie. Yep. And they get together. And then we have together at last. Together forever. And we have, just like always, a really nice dynamic. And I really like that Grace sings in this version as well. Mm-hmm. And then she can read. I think she's got it. By gosh, she's got it. She can read at the end. Yes, we cut forwards sometime in the future. Yeah. And Stax has opened a literacy centre for yes. children. He's definitely watched Zoolander. Yeah. Derek Zoolander for kids who can't read good. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then we all sing tomorrow again. And it's and I like when Cameron Diaz does her own bit. It's all she wrong. like scats. Yeah. yeah. And that's Annie. Yeah. Annie three. And then over the credits we get behind the scenes things. Where Jamie Foxx is wearing his specs to be able to yeah. film because he's, he has to wear glasses normally. Mm. And they're all just having a great time. And it does look like it. they're having a great time. I think this might be my first Annie where I have said that the MVP is Annie. Yeah, cool. Because for the original Annie, I said my MVP was... Cabinet. Sandy and Miss Hannigan. Yep. Most valuable pet and Miss Hannigan. Obviously. For the second Annie, I said that my MVP was Molly, Sarah Highland, because mm-hmm. she was so cute, and mm-hmm. Alan Cumming. Yeah. So this is my first Annie. Where Annie's the MVP. Where Annie is the MVP. Cool. Who is your MVP? Well, it's either going to be Annie or Daddy Warbucks, Mr. Stacks in this one. They're both, they are both really good. They are the focal point of this movie. Yeah. Which is great. Makes a nice change. I love Lou as a character. I love that he's hopelessly in love with Miss Hannigan. And, and he, he does also help them. Yeah, like she gets it in the end. It's kind of talking to him where she's like, I've done something he's bad. He's like a nice person. And he's like, it doesn't matter what you've done bad. Cause you can always say sorry and make amends. And I'm always here for you. Yeah, which yeah. is a really nice moment. So you're going with Annie and... Stacks. Mm-hmm. What's your best song? In this version? Yeah. I really like, I think I'm going to like it here. And I really like, um, Easy Street. I think it's going to have to be it. I think I'm going to like it here. I just like this version. It's fun. Yeah. It's stuck in my head constantly. I have said hard not life slash opportunity because cool. I really do like the way they do hard not life with, with like the sweeping and the whole sequence mm-hmm. is fun. I feel like this version can be more fun because they're not in an orphanage. They're in a foster home. Like they may yeah. not be loved, but like they've got each other. Mm-hmm. Opportunity. I just thought was really sweet. May not be yes. the best performed, but because of the direction, yeah. but I actually think it's a really beautiful moment. And like Stax is 
reaction to it is so cute mm. and you can see like the vulnerability of annie in this like it's one of the rare moments where you don't she see really her as a street like a child yeah and it's just beautiful like yeah. and the fact that she perhaps it's what it is is it within the narrative as well she did that as a surprise for him mm-hmm. like annie thinks of other people but she doesn't do spectacle for other people and to do something like this is a big gesture. It's when you both start to think that they yeah. both mean a lot to each other. And it, it that's works. why it's so much harsher that Guy doesn't care that she yeah. did that and he still wants her to give the speech. And it's probably controversial for me to be like, I like this one because like it's written to get them an Oscar nom. Mm-hmm. But I liked it. I I really like The City's Yours in this version. Like I like that song. I think it's a good moment yeah. in this movie. What's your least favourite song in this? Who Am I? Same. It feels very just like tacked on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I feel like I don't need it. Yeah. Which role would you want to play in this one? Cameron Diaz. I want to sing this version of Little Girls and be this like crazy version yeah. of Miss Anakin. I would like to play Guy. Yeah. Because like there's enough in him as a villain to be like cheesy and pantomime but also like kind of slimy like he he just thinks he's being a doing a good job yeah but at what he has no emotions though yeah he doesn't care so i really liked this version i gave it four stars i i had a great time the thing is though it feels like it's an annie fever dream like i could imagine like if i was really ill and we just watched the first two Annie's. Like, I fell asleep and I just had this weird fever dream. Of the third one. Yeah. Sure. It doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just... It's it's got all these Annie references and it's, it is loosely Annie. It is one of these films that is like, why did we do this? <laughs> yeah. Like, it is so loosely Annie. Mm. I feel like you can't really call it Annie. Yeah. Because it has the same beats, but everything is so different. It's almost like that kind a... of what if type thing. Yeah, I think it's a good update. I think it's a great update. And if its legacy is that younger girls of any race mm-hmm. can play this role, yeah, then that's the best thing this film can do. Yeah, and Creventino Wallace is a fantastically talented actress. Yes. Like, she's going places. Yeah. The thing, at times, though, this does feel like some kind of weird Nickelodeon movie. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's clearly had money spent on it. And the colours are beautiful. But there's sometimes just some things make you feel like this is more a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, like a decom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's weird. And it just just genuinely felt like it was a fever dream. Mm -hmm. The Easter eggs are fun throwbacks. It's definitely one of my favourite Annie's I've watched. Yeah. But I don't think it's the definitive Annie viewing experience. I think this is a a good experience if you are a fan of Annie. Yeah. But I don't think I could say this was the definitive experience. Okay. Which, I'm not so, saying I did, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. Well, the question is then, what is the definitive Annie viewing experience? Yes. So, we went to Twitter and we went to Instagram to ask you, the listeners, firstly. So mm-hmm. before we get to my views, but let's talk about your views. Yeah. So Twitter. 
50% of people said that the 1982 version of Annie was their favourite. How many? 50? 50%. Wow. 39% went for the 97 Annie. Mm-hmm. And 11% went for the 2014 Annie. Am I the 11%? You are the 11%. <laughs> so Just people me. said, I think, a lot of the same things about their love of the 82 Annie. Yeah. On, on Twitter, at least. We'll get to Instagram in a second. But... Uh, at Jared Good, mm-hmm. who contributed to Legally Blonde last week and continues to be a really great person to talk to on Twitter about different musicals. Yeah. 82 has that holy trinity of Carol, Bernadette, Tim. Yeah. But 99 has Audra and some beautiful musical performances. And 2014 was an interesting experiment in movie musical adaptation. I'm a sucker for Wallace singing Opportunity, even if it isn't canon. It's a shame a royal adventure couldn't have repurposed songs for Miss Hannigan's revenge. Yeah. At Mossop J said, had to be the 1982 version. Tim Curry as Rooster was one of the best parts of that film, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. At 420 Atty Chicago, Tim Curry, Bernadette Peters and Carol Burnett. No comparison. And at Mellow Whale, I love the original because of Carol Burnett, Tim Curry and Bernadette Peters. But I also really like the 2014 version. Same. Twitter's response to me seems to say what people like about 1982 is the casting of Rooster Lily and Miss Hannigan. Yeah. There's nothing else in those comments to me that says it's anything about 1982. It's, it's that Holy Trinity. It's just those three, yeah. Which... I have to say they are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Instagram, 50% also said that their favourite version was the original Annie. Mm-hmm. 37.5% of people said they liked the 99 version of Annie. Yeah. And the remaining 11% mm-hmm. liked the 2014 Annie. Mm-hmm. So similar kind of vibe comments tony bishop on instagram i want to say 82 because of the amazing cast but then i remembered that the 99 has christian chenoweth audra mcdonald and alan coming in the 99 one so now i am torn he did in fact vote for 1982 in the end Mm -hmm. so that was tony bishop the tony bishop on instagram ah this one's fun kate o'hare actually Definitely the first one. The songs and cast were fantastic, especially Miss Hannigan. Mm-hmm. Again, we're just here for Carol Burnett. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Mum. <laughs> had, to, had to give your mum a shout out. Yeah. You said this was her favourite one. And I think the casting has a big part to play in that. Yeah, I agree. So you guys have said you think that the first one is a definitive experience, or your favourite experience. Mm-hmm. I preferred 99. I mean, the definitive experience has seen Broadway show. Oh yeah, 100%. But... For the layman. How would I describe for me the definitive viewing experience? I actually think it is a mix between all of them. Cool. To be a cop-out... It's difficult because Christian Chenoweth, Kathy Bates and Alan Cumming were phenomenal as those characters. Yeah. But what they also had was more depth Mm -hmm. that I don't think 
Tim Curry and Bernadette Peters had. They're just not given the opportunity to. I know. And I was negative about that. That's yeah. something I really didn't like because I love these actors. I really didn't like Tim Curry's <laughs> Yeah. If you were to put Tim Curry and Bernadette Peters in the second one. Yeah. I think we've got a better version already. Mm. I think their characters are better. The problem I have with the second one is that we lose the amazing work between Annie and Daddy Warbucks' development in like the half an hour that's cut. Yeah. Now, if I could blend the development of Rooster Lily from 99 and put that into the 82 version of Annie. Yeah. Keep the amazing stuff that Daddy Warbucks and Annie develop with each other. Mm-hmm. Then we've got something better already. Yeah. We cut the racism from 1982 to make way for more development for Rooster and Lily. Yeah. Excellent. That's a great compromise. That works for everyone. We cut We Got Annie mm-hmm. and movies. And we put in the film to lewd section from Annie 3 with <laughs> Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Yes, Moonquake. I, I was disappointed with the way that You'll Never Fully Dressed Without Smile worked in the second one because I really miss the kind of Daddy Warbucks like experience of, you know, like backslash, drop script. I missed that kind of bit, but I could go without that. And yeah. I could go without. The problem with the first one is there's a lot of back and forth with the orphanage. Yeah. Which gets boring. Mm-hmm. So I cut that as well. I feel like the second one I enjoyed more because the story is more tight. The only thing I really didn't like about the second one was the lack of Daddy Warbucks development. Yeah. For me, if I was going to recommend an Annie to anyone to watch as the closest thing to a really thorough Annie experience, for me, is it's going to be the wonderful world of Disney version. Mm-hmm. That's my definitive Annie. Cool. I've enjoyed all three more than I ever thought I would. Yay. And I have really, really enjoyed getting to know Annie. Mm-hmm. I liked them all for different reasons. I would like to blend all of them. And if I were to ever direct Annie, I would definitely have like influences from all three. Yeah. In terms of how the narrative worked and how I would have actors work. So yeah, mm. that's Annie. Yay. Right. Please don't tell me that next week we're going to be watching a fourth Annie, Annie Get Your Gun. No, we're not watching Annie Get Your Gun next week. Mm. Next I'm week. Annie doubt for a while. Yeah, I believe in you. <laughs> You'll get there with another Annie. But yeah, that's that's it for our Annie viewing. So next week I'm excited. I you've told me what we're doing, unless you've like changed your mind. Well next week we're watching Shrek the musical. I'm so excited. And it's the stage filmed version as well. So Is it the London cast or is it a it's Sutton Foster. It's the Broadway cast. Okay, cool. And Brian Darcy James. Who was King George. Yes. And Bottom in... Midsummer Night's Dream. Something Rotten. Mm-hmm. That's where the character name comes from for Midsummer Night's Dream, is the point. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. His character is called Nick Bottom. Fair and enough. And Shakespeare names Bottom after him. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to watch Shrek. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's going to be a spectacle. I have seen, obviously, clips in the past of it. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with, you know, the Sahara costume. Yeah, I'm also familiar with, like, the gingerbread man costume and Mm -hmm. Lord Farquhar. So I'm really excited to actually see Shrek at last. Mm -hmm. Because there's going to obviously be additions. Shrek is a short film and they're going to make it longer for Broadway. Yeah. So I'm interested and excited to watch Shrek. So now that we're done with Annie, what do you think we should do as our next uh, continuous series? So I know you've got an idea and we won't talk about it now because we'll see what you guys would want from like a kind of continuous series. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the same musical done again as an adaptation. No. It, it can be sequels. Sequels. I do think that's how we should have approached a very Potter trilogy. Yeah. So I know there are musical trilogies out there. And that, quadrilogies. And quadrilogies. <laughs> so let us know what you think would be a good series to mm. cover. Something we come back to once a month, once every few weeks. Yeah. There's options out there. Let us know. We have gone a little longer for this, Annie, but you know we have talked about the definitive experience. What's your favourite one? You voted 2014. I really like the 2014 one. I think it's the original and then 2014. So you would disregard 99 then? I really like 99 for the music. Yeah. I don't think the acting or anything else holds up as much as the music does. I'd agree with that. And I'd love Kathy Bates and Victor Garber, but like, it's just fine. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. It's It's... It's if you put other actors within those roles, and the actors there are phenomenal as well, but it does change. Yeah, we will be back next week as we go far, far away. Yeah, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Podbean, on Google Podcasts, and on Stitcher. We've had a really successful launch for our Legally Blonde episode this week. A lot of people listening to Legally Blonde, thank you for that. If you are listening to our show and if you are enjoying the show, please leave us a review on the platform you listen. And please tell a friend, please post on your Instagram stories or retweet us on Twitter. However you're listening to us, tell a friend and tell them to listen as well. Spread the good word about It's a Musical podcast. Yeah. It means the world to us when we see that you are listening, when you respond to us and and, and you had fun enjoy, uh, listening to it. Big shout out. I'm, I am going to give a shout out to Izzy, the vocal coach, mm-hmm. who contributed to our Legally Blonde episode. And then let us know what she thought of the conversation as well after, actually, because it was really nice to see how she then responded to how we responded to her feedback. I yeah. liked that. That was really nice. So thank you for, for getting in contact. Mm. Our platforms at It's a Musical Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And Drew, how can they email us? They can email us at It's a Musical Pod at gmail.com. Yes, they Nobody can. emails us. <laughs> I'd love to get an email. I would love to get an email. <laughs> We've got to think, what is a good email topic? I know. Email us with your theatre snacks. What do you buy or drink when you go to the theatre? Yeah, and let us know what the next series we should do is. Yes, we are actually going to see some live theatre as well. On October the 19th, we are going to go see a live performance of the last five years. Mm -hmm. That's so exciting. Mm -hmm. 
we're going to see some live theatre. Mm-hmm. We'll have to talk about that on the show and see how it compares. Yeah. Right. Thank you for listening. As always, we love you guys. Yeah. Have a magical musical. See you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel. Thank you.